everyone, it's Haya, and I play Brianna on the show. I just wanted to take a moment to say hello and give you well wishes and hoping that you and your family and loved ones are safe during these very, very difficult times. We're all in this together, and we'll pull through somehow. I unfortunately also have a bit of bad news. It seems the kobolds who run our socials invited a few goblins over to try and make repairs to our recording and editing equipment, and we've been having severe technical difficulties. So I apologize, we do not have episode 32 out this week for you. Hopefully this will be the first and last time something of this nature will happen. With our most sincere apologies, I want to take you behind the curtain and show you a very important chapter in Brianna's life story. Brianna Soldado waited for the golden hues of day to settle into the monochrome of dusk, when families and vendors began supping or closing shops. She had convinced her mother that a migraine had started, and she wished to rest before she joined the rest of the family for supper. Her mother, Tanzen, had been far softer with Brianna, since her daughter's life teetered perilously close to death. She cooed and tucked her in, kissing her forehead before heading back down again. The young teen bit her bottom lip in guilt, but there was something deep within her that told her this was the best way to get the answers she sought. Brianna waited several moments before silently wrapping a cloak around her person, mesly stuffing her a shorter bob under a cap to further sell the look of a corvosan lad, and slipped out of the window and onto the narrow's roofs. There was a thrilling leap in her heart as she expertly danced from rooftop to rooftop, just as good as any runner here. She and Utsi secretly practiced since she was eight and he was but six. Before she knew it, she was outside the Temple of Serenre. Taking a deep breath, she approached an acolyte that seemed about her age, who had been lighting the evening candles. Brianna squared her shoulders and pitched her voice somewhat lower, I'm looking for Flynn Fairwind. The acolyte looked at her dubiously, and as he did, she felt her cheeks flushed. So she dipped her head a little lower, so the hat obscured her features further. I uh, have a message for him. Flynn heard a polite knock on the heavy oak door of his modest office. It was a recent acquisition, thanks to a well-deserved promotion after years of service patrolling the streets of Corvosa, doling out healing and justice in equal measure. Flynn would never admit it out loud, but he was proud of his advancement within the church, and also a little relieved he wouldn't have to walk back and forth along the sprawling city any longer. He unconsciously gripped his lame and withered leg as he stood, giving it a squeeze to get the blood flowing. Just a moment, he called calmly as he limped to the door. He wasn't as young as he used to be. His dusty brown hair had strands of silver along his temples. His once smooth face creased around the edges of his eyes. He opened the door with a smile, his eyes moving between Death, the young acolyte, and a slight young man dressed like a commoner. Message for you, sir, Jeth explained. Well, come in, young man. Let's hear what you have to say. Thank you, Jeth. That will be all. Flynn smiled warmly at the acolyte as he closed the door and turned to the messenger expectantly. Brianna waited a few moments in what could have been perceived as awkward silence. 
She listened to Jeth's receding footsteps before turning to the face that soothed her nightmares since that horrible day she became so very ill. Her dreams were often of dark landscapes, of ghouls and specters tearing at her flesh, only to see a handsome man in resplendent armor, his scimitar slashing through the dark that dared mar the young girl's features. Brianna could only look on in awe. In a moment, the man vanquished the last of his foes, and a second figure was suddenly by his side. She was breathtaking, her skin a dusky bronze, her hair a ribbon of flame, her eyes a molten gold. Two ivory wings spread magnificently from her shoulder blades. This statuesque beauty touched the young man, Flynn's cheek, and gestured to Brianna who felt her heart leap in her dreams. This is what always woke her. I... She squeaked, clearing her throat, and shook her head as if to give her some semblance of courage. I don't know if you remember me, Sir Fairwind, Brianna continued, removing the hat and shaking her shoulder-length copper tresses out. My name is Brianna Soldado. You saved my life during the plagues of Corvosa a couple years ago. She fidgeted nervously, twisting her cap between her hands. I forgive my deception. Pretending to be a messenger boy said, It is safer to travel the narrows as one. Flynn's dark eyes stayed locked with the girls for a long moment, searching their depths as recognition slowly dawned on him. Little Bree, Brianna, Otzi's little friend. A disbelieving smile brightened his features as he took a step forward, as if to sweep her in a hug but he thought better of it, realizing she was probably too old for that at this point. He reached out and rested a rough hand on her shoulder, a look of concern now darkening his face like a storm cloud covering the sun. Are you alright? Are you in danger? He had always felt protective of the girl for some reason. She wasn't family, but she was friends with Utsi, who was Kalu's little brother. He could still remember the sight of her in that bed, drenched in sweat and terrified as the plague consumed her. Younger Flynn couldn't heal her, but he could chase away the fear and carry her into the warmth of the Everlight in her final moments. She had survived, though, praised Serenre, and now here she was, bringing with her the memories of those days of adventure and companionship. Please, sit. Tell me what has happened. Brianna blinked up at him. She hadn't heard anyone call her Bree since her two front milk teeth had fallen out. There was a certain depth to his look as if he was piercing her very soul for truth, and as if to solidify this and comfort her, his calloused hand on her shoulder answered. But how could she tell a man she hadn't spoken to in two years of her reoccurring dreams of him and the lady with fire for hair? She shrugged, almost nonchalantly, with a shoulder that didn't host his hand. No trouble, honest. I feel like Mum and my brothers have been smothering me since the plagues. There was a reason why she was known as Breeze while running on the Corvosan rooftops. She took his offered seat. I, uh, came because I feel like it's time to seek my journey. Since I saw you last, I felt a certain pull to your deity and I wished to learn more. How would one go about that? His eyes crinkled in confusion briefly before relaxing in realization. You've seen her, haven't you? It wasn't a question. And here I was, worried you'd become one of those alchemist types after the incident. He pulled out his own chair from around his desk and sat across from her, studying his hands with a contemplative look. Worship of Surenre is 
rather freeform at times. There's the church, yes, but it's not required to be a member, depending on how you wish to serve Our Lady. He sat silent for a moment as if composing his thoughts, before reaching over his shoulder and grabbing a well-worn tome emblazoned with a golden sun. If you truly wish to learn, this might interest you. It's The Birth of Light and Truth, my personal copy of the Lady's Holy Book, with an accounting of my adventuring life in the back. If you wish to serve, I can think of no better gift. He held it out without hesitation to the young woman. Thank you for listening to the Cracked Eye Podcast. Background sound effects provided by Sirenscape, because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition, Age of Ashes Adventure Path, are all copyright of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information.